Welcome to the Growth You Podcast. This podcast dedicates its time, resources, and content towards being a resource hub for moms who want to create sustainable growth systems within their life, families, careers, and homes. We want to help you find the tools to create a culture of growth. I'm your host, Shoshana Pitt, and I'm excited to walk with you on this journey. All right. Good morning. Thank you for joining me. I usually have to record in the mornings because that's the only time that my house is quiet enough for me to get some thoughts out on mic without interruptions or background noise. So yeah, welcome. I hope you guys have had a great week. The last time we were together, we were continuing through our series and we talked about training and development towards the expectation that's going to create growth results in your adult cubs, right? Well, at that time, they'll no longer be cubs. So just to recap, we're in this series system and it's been great. I've been getting a ton of feedback. I put a poll out as far as um, towards my target audience and making sure that I am hearing from you, getting accurate you know, information to make sure that growth culture is meeting the needs of the community and um, the audience for who I serve. I know that I can't serve everybody and I know this doesn't apply to everybody and guess what? I'm okay with that. I don't expect that to happen. But for those who have a heart for growth culture and this appeals to them and who I'm directly talking to, hey, like, hey. Anyways, so just to recap. We are going through the system series and we started off with structure, which is the framework and the boundaries we set within our home to create an atmosphere of growth. Growth just does not happen haphazardly. Um, You have to curate it, fertilize it, cultivate it so that you can get the best potential um, in healthy, sustainable ways um, from your home, from your cubs, even from yourself in your mentoring, all those things. Okay. The second series or episode, we talked about establishing expectations. Um, we worked through some templates to make sure that we are creating healthy expectations. And then last week we talked about training and development, the actual practicing of the process that leads to the results. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about mental health, which is, you know, I know that's a buzzword, but it's a healthy buzzword. And I know that it's been a trend towards moving towards healthier mental, social, emotional spaces and picking things up that creates healing. People are out here addressing and dealing with their trauma and healing from it. And I'm here for every ounce of it. And so we're going to talk about that, what that looks like in your home. How is that crucial to your establishing your decision making? We want to focus today's episode on, am I making healthy um, parenting decisions from a healthy space Or am I making this decision from a fear, trauma, feelings-based? Okay, so let's get into it. (music) 
I think it's important to reflect on the expectations that you have and the decisions um, that come when making or dealing with raising, making decisions, you know, leading the lives of your cubs and the people around you. You want to be able to be very reflective of the source of why you're making these decisions. And a lot of times that takes some self-awareness, which leads to the mental health and social emotional aspects. Raising a household, influencing people, dealing with mentors, teaching youth or even adults is basically a mirror. You don't just wake up and make healthy decisions. We've walked through a lot of scenarios and situations, and we've collected some um, trauma along our life work. And that doesn't apply to everyone. But for the majority of cases, you have picked up something that has altered your decision making from a healthy space. And it has to be an awareness, which means you have to be reflective. Okay. Um, we've been through some traumatic and I just want to share a personal story. At a very young age, I went through SA um, and it was very traumatic for me. And not being aware of the effects later in life when I was raising my um my boys when they were little, I was very obsessive about them knowing that their private areas were their safe spaces and being aware that no one can touch you. And I was very, very hyper aware of when they went to even play when they had play dates, when they went to visit family. I did not want to leave them in other people's cares. I was very, very fearful of what happened to me as a four-year-old little girl, what happened to my boys. And it was obsessively fear-based. And so... I had to, you know, really spend some time. And for me as a faith, I had to spend some time with my mentor, my discipleship mentor. I had to walk through that trauma and walking through that trauma, healing that trauma, sitting with therapy, realize that I was being a little excessive with my boys. But yet after doing extensive research and, you know, reading up on tips, learning how to vet people. I created a safe word between my boys and I to ever talk about a situation that was very uncomfortable or if they, and it was always checking in with them. Did you feel comfortable with that person? Did you feel safe with that person? Did anybody do anything or say anything that felt very uncomfortable? You know, we just kind of regulated it down to it, you know, conversations. And then we created some trigger words that was a code word between us that would indicate when something was unhealthy or something happened and I had to literally scorch earth type situation. Um, and so, but I did not lock my kids away. And I had an awareness that in the beginning, I was being very, very hyper aggressive. Um, in making sure that what happened to me would not happen to them. And even as my oldest son, you know, got older, I asked him, you know, did you think I was being like a little bit overly much? And he was like, no, mom, it made me very aware um, that 
things happen outside of our control. And it made me, you know, pay attention to my surroundings and adults and things that people did. But I don't think it was excessive. And I really believe that after going through therapy and dealing and talking with that and working through that with the village and the women, older people that I trusted, I was able to put some balance in how I approached that and make sure that I wasn't just locking my kids away from life because of my personal trauma and fear. They did not have that same experience. And so I was really glad that I did not hinder them for developing the relationships who became lifelong friends for them later in life by locking them away. Um, and I know that's a little bit ex extreme, but that is an example of a parent experiencing trauma and making fear-based decisions for their cubs moving through life. Okay, Another form is insecurities. Maybe you weren't popular in school and you really wanted to. And so as your kids are walking through middle school and high school, you want them to be that dude or the prettiest. And so you give them those things that you felt when you are in high school would have made you popular. You overbuy, you overindulge. That kid could have a failing grade and yet you give, give, give and create unhealthy expectations that lead later into adult unhealthy expectations um, because you want to give them or you want them to be what you didn't get to be during that time period. And we really, really want to be careful of that because it sets some really unhealthy mindsets that lead into an adult, um, it leads to entitlement. It leads to... Um, not learning that it's okay to have balance, okay to have no, and delayed gratification is a very, very strong adult skill that serves them later in life. But if you are only basing, basing your decisions based off what you personally did not receive, basically, you're parenting out of the lack that you experience, that's not a balanced decision. Now, that does not mean you cannot give good things to your cubs. We all desire for our kids to live great lives. I'm saying that for growth results, you have to have balance. You have to have consistency. They have to be um, boundaries set in your decision making. Literally has to be above you. It literally has to be above and most oftentimes outside of you. And this is why we take the time to create the healthy framework. We also want to highlight that if we push forward trauma-based fears, unhealthy mindsets, or overindulgence, over exposure. Here's a thing that I'm noticing both as an educator and a mentor and, and a parent. We are giving our kids too much unregulated access to the internet. I kid you not. And the excuse that we justify within our parenting self is, well, if I, they're going to get it somewhere anyways. 
that that's not that's not the healthy that's not the boundary you have to set the boundaries yes your kid is going to be exposed to the world and i'm not telling you to keep your kid or your cub unexposed to the world but you have to set some type of standard expectation in the home what happens out there doesn't mean it has to happen inside you have to put some contextual knowledge to it Okay, because everybody is out here doing everything and we're looking at this, you know, these campaigns and this scandal, especially with the whole Balenciaga thing um, and the overexposure and the grooming. They're doing it and it's outrage. But what your kid is seeing on TikTok and YouTube and all these social media, especially Snapchat. Good Lord, all of the scandals that happen in school because parents don't know what's going on, the cyberbullying, all of these things is because they're unregulated access to the Internet. If your kid is at home, take that phone away sometimes and engage with them. Create activities. Having that set routine limits their overexposure because kids know how to turn it off. When they're around you, if your kid is the cussy kid, the provoker, the, you know, rebel rouser or whatever, they know how to turn that off in front of you and be there and be the sweet angel that you love when they get home. Trust me on this one. Your kid knows how to walk a double life by the time they get to middle school. And they're walking it. I'm talking about walking it. Um, and so this is not always the case, but 10 to 15 years of seeing this, nine times out of 10, parents do not regulate the social media. And what you intake internalizes within your mental and cognitive self a lot of the times. No, it does not mean just because your kid play call, plays Call of Duty, he's going to grow up to be a serial killer. That's so extreme. That's not the case, but you do want to regulate. The goal is balance and to create a conceptual framework. Yes, your kid gets to sit around and drink at their parents' house. That's not what we do in this house, and this is the reason why. Now, when you become an adult or when you're walking through your high school life, you're going to have to make a decision. This is how I frame things for my boys. Yes, all your friends or some of your friends may be vaping in middle school or high school. Yeah, it's a thing. This is what we do in our house. This is the conversations I have. This is what we believe. This is what our faith indicates. Now, this is a decision you're going to have to ultimately make in the friend circle. Second, if all your friends are doing it, I'm really shaky on your friend circle, friend. How is that leading to growth, success, does that person, do you feel safe to be yourself and say no around your friends? These are some of the conversations you would have to need to make, okay? Otherwise, we are pushing forward unhealthy mindsets. We're allowing the world to shape the cognitive thinking of our cubs, and it is destroying the process that you've set up in your home. Your kid has to have something, a standard to lean on when the world creates an onslaught of temptation and exposure. The home has to be the standard. It has to be the safe space. It has to be the boundaried place. It has to be the rock because the world is going to push them, move them, shape them, influence them like waves. 
giant-sized tsunami waves. They need something to cling on, to set their foot on. And parents, we have to create that. And that's why we set the boundaries. That's why we set the structure. That is why we train and develop so that when they walk into the world, that training becomes muscle memory. That is why we're doing that. And this is why we, the decisions we make have to come from a healthy space, which means, yes, parental, sis, dad, we have to be reflective in why we're making this. Okay, so here's a thing what we can do instead. Okay. How do we make sure that we're being reflective on our decisions? Reflection. Literally, you have to think about why you're thinking about these things. You have to be metacognitive, meaning why am I thinking this way? Where did this come from? What was the source of this? Where did I get this from? What's my source of reasoning? Okay. Is it balanced? Does it give them healthy? We don't want to over extremely lock away a kid and we don't want to over extremely expose our cubs. Okay. We want to make sure, is it balanced? Okay. Is it going to lead them to the growth result that I set when I established my expectation by allowing this? Is it going to be too much of a distraction? And what's that limit where I expose them? I give them a little bit but I keep it and I frame it in a way because yes, they're going to want to know. And yes, you want, you don't want to shelter them. And again, you don't want to overexpose them. So balance is key. Is this decision-making number, uh, another thing you want to think about is this decision-making for me so that I feel good about myself or that I live my life vicariously through my kids. I was a football star, didn't make it to the NFL. So I put my kid in, in, in football, even though he can't stand football because I feel like he can make it because I almost make it, made it. Um, parent, that was a you goal. That ain't had nothing to do with your kid. If you sat down and talked to your kid, you'll probably be surprised that they couldn't stand football, but they just did it for you because you pushed you into their lives. And these are whole autonomous individuals who are have the, who have their own identities. Okay, so you want to make sure that your decision making, your goal setting, whether you're doing the things that you're doing while raising, is it for you or is it for them? Doesn't meet the goal of what kind of adult that you want them to demonstrate later? Um, and is it healthy? Okay. Again, is it the fear-based decision? I, this happened to me. I don't want this to happen to them. And so I'm overly obsessive about it. Okay. Still has to be balanced. Your decision-making has to be balanced. You cannot guarantee that what happened to you is going to happen to them. Your child could be the trailblazer. Okay, and creating new norms, breaking generational curses, reestablishing legacy. You cannot assume that just because that was your path, that that is your cub's path. We cannot. We cannot do fear-based. And based on my faith belief, I don't serve a God that operates in fear. And so that is something we definitely want to be aware of. Okay. Um. Another thing you want to be assured is, have I dealt with my own issues enough to even be aware? A lot of times, majority of the times, if we are winging our parenting, most times we are unaware of our own habits. 
Okay. And that's the whole social, emotional, mental health issues. There are a couple things we can do to start being aware. Being transparent and letting people in. I know you can't trust people. I know that you only have a few friends and no new friends. And I don't hang around with women and I don't trust people. But you cannot be aware of yourself until you get around close, vulnerable. And then you do life and you walk with other people. You can't. There's no other way. When you expose yourself to people you trust, you let people in, you even, you know, even if it's in therapy or group sessions and, you know, counseling sessions that they offer at your churches and things like that, you have to, you need a mirror because most times we think we are great. And, and that's, you know, all this affirmations. But sometimes we in ourselves have toxic habits and mindsets. And we may not even be aware that that mindset is even toxic. Why? Because we've never let anyone in to our world close to us to walk with us and healthy in a healthy building way. Show us ourselves. Relationships are a key to that. Parenting, oh my God, parenting is a big mirror. Marriages and relationships are a huge mirror. Sometimes it's not the other person, sis. Sometimes it's us and our mindsets and our habits. Sometimes you can't blame that dude. You you really can't. And sometimes, bro, it ain't her. It's you. And a lot of times as parents, that's an ouch. That that's a that's not a comfortable realization. Okay. Sometimes, yes, you're controlling. Mm -hmm. You know, and we got to own it. If we want our kids to be self-aware and healthy, we have to be accountable and own our own um, junk and mindsets and begin to clean. Sometimes we need to spring clean ourselves and our mentals. Okay. And so you do that by creating a village, letting people in, um, using our, you know, mental health resources. Y'all, the internet is free 99, right? If you're working for a job, sometimes they have EAP. I know the school district that I work for gave us free, um, eight free sessions of therapy that they covered. And not just for me, before my kids, for all the kids in your family and the people in your household, that was free. It was not part of the insurance plan. They just offered that. It's a whole thing now. If you use affordable healthcare, you can do therapy at a lower cost. Um, there are free resources out there to start being aware and building the tools, okay? So we have to be, we have to deal with our own issues enough to even be aware that our decision making could be unhealthy or healthy. That's a thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to provide some links on the www.growthculture.global website. I'm going to also create some journal prompts um, to start walking through being aware of healthy decision making. Our kids deserve us being healthy. Our families, our mentees, okay? And there are studies um, that our trauma-based treatments are effective. This is not just some woo-woo, oh, you're just being super spiritual thing. There is There are scientific evidence, and I will go ahead and post a case study. I know that some of you guys may not be into those things, but I'm very, I love reading case studies. Uh, more so than blogs and opinion think pieces. Give me the scientific research, fam. And so if you're like me, I'm going to go ahead and post a couple case studies that prove and that provide, 
provide evidence um, based trauma informed practices are proven to work and create a resistance to re-traumatization. And that's important. And so if that's something you're interested in, definitely we'll post a case study um, in on the log, okay? Or on the on the website. I think it's up too early. And I've been fumbling a little bit on my words, but I, this is very important to me. And I think this was huge. You know, creating a village, letting people in, seeking therapy, um, modeling, being around other parents who I felt um, created successful and well-established adults. Those were the things I did to surround myself and model after, because I think that's huge, modeling after other healthy families and being able, which is my next series. We're going to do a series called Building a Village. Like, how exactly did I choose the people to input in my life? Um, Psalms talks about Built, surrounding yourself with wise counsel. And that was huge for me. That was huge for my boys in build, building their village. And that's actually the concept of how I developed the fitting, which is the rite of passage services that we at, offer for our young black males to create a village around them of support. Um, that's a whole other issue. But yeah, we're going to, that's our next series. So I'm excited about that. Um, that's going to be coming um, later. Okay, so next week we're going to talk about rest and chill. Y'all, we've been working really hard establishing and building and filling and tweaking and adjusting our systems towards growth. But we're going to talk about how rest and chill, that work hard and play hard mindset is so crucial for your system to be actually sustainable. It's not, yes, it's the consistency. Yes, it's the village. But having a strong rest, chill, play environment is literally what's crucial to the sustainability so i appreciate you guys listening thank you for those who joined if you're listening for the first time again my name is Joshana pitt and i'm so excited for you guys to grow for our communities to grow for you to grow your cubs to grow and for us to just work and progress in our journey of life towards improvement I'm so excited. Okay. Um, we have some big news coming um, soon as far as launching. If this is something you want to work more to towards, I have a huge announcement. And so stay tuned. Um, you can subscribe, press like, follow. Um, five stars is always appreciated and loved and great. We are on so many platforms around Google iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcast. We're out there in these streets, fam. And so if you want to subscribe and keep up, just look, look for Growth You. And we're there. Thank you. And I hope the rest of your day is as amazing as you all are. Bye. Thank you so much for your time and listening to this podcast. I hope that you were able to take away something from this today's episode that you could implement, grow, or push towards growth. I'm so excited for this journey. If you want to subscribe and follow us, please feel free to do so on Anchor, 
Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to get in touch with the resources for the episode, check us out at growthculture.global. I'm so excited and see you guys next time.